If you're traveling to the North Country Fair, where the winds hit heavy on the borderline, remember me to one who lives there. For she once was a true love of mine. Hello, this is Michael Volkoff. This is episode 163 of Corruption, Crime, and Compliance. Uh, Our episode today is a discussion of recent FCPA cases involving PetroEquador, the state-owned oil and gas company in Ecuador. Welcome, everyone. Hope you're doing all right. Uh, Hope everything's going well. You're staying safe and healthy. Um, We had a couple of interesting FCPA cases come out. And I thought it would be, uh, and they surrounded Petro-Ecuador, and I thought it would be good just to take a look at these cases and uh, see some lessons learned from them. So uh, before we start, let's hear from our sponsor, uh, Compliance, uh, Steel Compliance Solutions. Steel Compliance is the global leader in compliance and ethics management. Steel's compliance and ethics platform is comprehensive, robust, and easy to use to promote a company's culture of compliance. Steel partners with the world's largest, most respected companies to deliver compliance products and services that help organizations embrace a culture of compliance while protecting their brand. Building an ethical culture is a complex undertaking that requires a detailed understanding of the global compliance environment, considerable time, and specialized expertise. Steel's end-to-end ethics and compliance platform is designed to provide compliance officers with the solutions they need to proactively address changing regulatory and reputational risks. Steel's ethics and compliance automated platform offers critical functions designed to promote a speak-up culture to advance employee engagement, reporting, and incident management, investigate promptly and fairly potential incidents to ensure compliance with your organization's code of conduct and applicable laws and regulations, including anti-corruption, anti-money laundering, antitrust, sanctions, cybersecurity, and data privacy. Manage your organization's compliance policies and procedures to ensure that policies are updated and disseminated effectively so that employees understand your organization's compliance requirements, Educate and engage your organization to promote understanding in how your compliance program applies to -to day-to-day operations. And evaluate and monitor your organization's business partners, vendors, suppliers, and customers to mitigate risk and ensure adherence to your organization's ethics and compliance requirements. To learn more about Steel's compliance solutions, please contact us at email steelglobal.com or call 415-692-5000. Well, we had two interesting cases uh, announced by DOJ. The first was a a criminal case against an individual, um, a trader in uh, in, uh, oil. And then we also had a a private company, uh, Sergeant Marine, that was the subject of an FCPA action as well. Um, Pretty interesting cases. Uh, The private case, obviously, with Sergeant Marine doesn't involve the SEC because it's a privately owned uh, company. But let's start first with the criminal case, which was uh, just a federal grand jury in the Eastern District of New York uh, returned an indictment against uh, Javier Aguilar, an oil trader at Vital, or Vital, uh, an energy and commodity trading company uh, for his role in a five-year international bribery and money laundering scheme carried out in Ecuador. Uh, 
Uh, Vital is the, or Vital, I don't know how it's pronounced, but they're the largest independent energy and commodity trading company in the world. And uh, Javier Aguilar was uh, arrested uh, earlier on a complaint uh, on July 10th, 2020, and he was released on a $100,000 bond. And uh, now he was indicted. Um, Obviously, he chose not to cooperate or plead guilty. So uh, now we've got an indictment. So let's go through the the charges. It's an interesting case because we had cooperating witnesses here who recorded meetings and telephone calls with Aguilar. And there's a mention of that in the affidavit in support of the uh, arrest warrant. Uh, Obviously, they don't go through that in the indictment. So the five-year span, uh, time span of this scheme was approximately 2015 to 2020. Aguilar and others participated in a conspiracy to pay and conceal bribes to Ecuadorian government officials, including officials at Petro Ecuador, which is the state-owned oil and gas company. Uh, And it was done to secure a valuable $300 million contract to purchase fuel oil for the benefit of Vital. Aguilar was charged with two counts, conspiracy to violate the FCPA and conspiracy to commit money laundering. Um, He's been the focus of a long-running FCPA and money laundering investigation that's working its way up Vital. Uh, Like I mentioned, Vital is the world's largest independent oil trader and is based in London. And aside from Aguilar, who they're probably trying to secure his cooperation to go after vital executives uh, above him who are uh, still under investigation. So that's why uh, they view him. I think DOJ is going after him to try to flip him and build the case uh, against some of the higher ups at uh, vital. In the initial complaint supporting an arrest warrant for Aguilar, the government references two cooperating witnesses who I believe are consultants uh, and who entered into written cooperation agreements and and entered guilty pleas under seal. And the complaint references recorded phone calls and meetings between them and Aguilar. Aguilar is alleged to have made illegal payments of approximately $870,000 to Ecuadorian officials for their assistance in securing a $300 million fuel oil contract with Petro Ecuador. Interestingly, also vital, the company, the trading company, is cooperating with the DEOJ probe, and we've Obviously not seeing a resolution for them yet because this cooperation appears to be ongoing. According to the uh, uh, charging documents, Aguilar used an intermediary in Curacao and shell companies to funnel bribes to two Ecuadorian consultants who in turn passed the bribes to two Petro-Ecuador officials, including a senior manager and a member of the Ecuadorian Ministry of Hydrocarbons. Starting in 2015, Aguilar, the two consultants, and two Ecuadorian government officials met and agreed to facilitate business opportunities in exchange for bribes. Beginning in 2016, the conspirators agreed that the amount of corrupt payments or bribes would be 25 cents per barrel of fuel oil provided to Vital pursuant to a Petro-Ecuador contract. To conceal the bribery scheme, uh, Aguilar instructed one of the consultants to use Uh, an intermediary to hide the source of the payments made to the two consultants. In December 2016, the intermediary and one of the consultants entered into a sham consulting agreement um, and uh, between the consulting company and one of the shell companies controlled by the intermediary. Uh, 
To receive the payments, the consultant generated a fake invoice corresponding to the number of barrels of fuel oil that Vital received. Vital made payments to bank accounts in Curacao in the name of the shell companies, respectively, which were controlled by the intermediary. After receiving the payments, the intermediary wired payments to a consulting company bank account in the Cayman Islands. The consultants uh, paid the bribes promised then to the Ecuadorian officials' accounts. Between March 2017 and November 2018, the two consultants paid one of the Ecuadorian officials approximately $270,000 on behalf of Vital. In addition, between May 2018 and March 2020, Aguilar and others caused Vital to pay the two consultants $1.4 million of the $3.6 million owed pursuant to the contract. The two consultants paid the Ecuadorian officials approximately $600,000 of the more than $1.5 million that the conspirators agreed to pay one of the Ecuadorian officials on behalf of Vital. Starting in 2019, some of Aguilar's telephone discussions and meetings with the two consultants were recorded. On February 6, 2020, Aguilar discussed with one of the consultants that Vital owed money to, a, to the Ecuadorian officials. Aguilar specifically stated, quote, It's a commitment. I mean, I manage it. It will be done. I have to accelerate this, so there will be no more hindering of this. Close quote. In a subsequent conversation, Aguilar referred to the need to execute, quote, fake contracts, close quote, to facilitate additional payments. On March 5, 2020, Aguilar met with the two consultants in Houston, Texas. The meeting was recorded. The two consultants stated that they need to be paid by the intermediary. Aguilar indicated he was in contact with the intermediary as to the payment to the two consultants and, quote, four or five others, close quote. So that's the Aguilar case. We'll see what happens with it. Uh, it looks like uh, I, I saw a statement by his counsel saying he's uh, ready to go to trial. He uh, contests these allegations, so we'll have to see what happens. Uh, but this is in the Eastern District of New York, and we'll keep uh, tracking that case. So there was another case that was reported, uh, like I mentioned, the Sergeant Marine uh, Sergeant Marine is a private company, a uh, privately owned company based in Boca Raton, Florida, uh, and it's an asphalt company. Uh, and they pled guilty to one count of conspiracy to violate the anti-bribery provisions of the FCPA. And they agreed to pay a fine of $16.6 for bribery schemes in Brazil, Venezuela, and Ecuador. Between 2010 and 2018, Sergeant Marine paid millions of dollars of bribes to foreign officials in Brazil, Venezuela, and Ecuador to secure contracts to purchase or sell asphalt to state-owned and state-controlled uh, oil companies. And recently, before this uh, announcement of the plea, DOJ had unsealed guilty pleas to charges by five individuals who participated in the bribery scheme. These five individuals included Daniel Sargent, a senior executive at Sargent Marine, uh, Jose Thomas Manassas, a Sergeant Marine trader, uh, Luis Eduardo Andrade and, Andrade and David Diaz, consultants who acted as intermediaries funneling bribes in Brazil and Venezuela, and number five, Hector Nunez Troiano, a former PDVSA official who received bribes in connection with the Venezuela contracts. Roberto Finocchi, a Sergeant Marine trader, pleaded guilty in November 2017 for his role in the Brazil bribery scheme. 
And on uh, September 10th, 2020, a criminal complaint was unsealed uh, in the federal court in the Eastern District of New York against a former PDVSA official with conspiracy to commit money laundering for his alleged role in Sergeant Marine's Venezuela bribery scheme. So it's clear this case and the ultimate guilty plea uh, is the culmination of a lot of individual cases where people pled guilty, agreed to cooperate, uh, and uh, are probably helping in breaking uh, down some other schemes that are on, in ongoing investigations. So let's go through the three schemes pretty quickly. They operated very similarly uh, across the board here. So in Brazil, Sergeant Marine bribed a uh, Brazil minister, a high-ranking member of the Brazilian Congress, and senior ex executives at Petrobras. Uh, the state-owned oil and gas company uh, to secure uh, uh, valuable contracts and to sell asphalt. As part of the scheme, Sergeant Marine entered into sham consulting agreements with third-party intermediaries. After receiving fake invoices, Sergeant Marine sent international wires from its bank accounts to offshore bank accounts maintained by shell companies connected to the bribery intermediaries. The intermediaries used a portion of the commissions to pay bribes to Brazilian government officials on Sergeant Marine's behalf. Uh, and by wire to the officials offshore shell companies accounts or in cash payments made in Brazil. In Venezuela, between 2012 and 2018, Sergeant Marine bribed four PDVSA officials in exchange for inside information and their assistance in steering PDVSA contracts to a Sergeant Marine nominee company for the purchase of asphalt. To disguise the names of the four PDVSA officials, members of the conspiracy used code names to hide the identities of the PDVSA officials who received the bribes, referencing them as oil trader, in quotes, Tony, in quotes, Tony Two, in quotes. When referring to the confidential inside information, uh, they referred to that as chocolates. Like the Brazil scheme, Sergeant Marine disguised the bribery payments to intermediaries by executing fake consulting agreements with a bribe intermediary and wiring commission payments into U.S. and offshore bank accounts controlled by the intermediary, who then made the bribery payments to PDVSA officials' uh, accounts. And finally, we hit Ecuador with PetroEcuador again. In 2014, Sergeant Marine bribed uh, officials at... Uh, Ecuador's state-owned oil company, Petro Ecuador, to secure a contract to supply asphalt. Sergeant Marine used the same means to carry out the scheme as it used in Brazil and Venezuela. They engaged an intermediary with close ties to a decision maker at Petro Ecuador and then paid commissions to the bribe intermediary in accordance with a sham consulting agreement. The intermediary then paid the Petro Ecuador official on Sar Sergeant Marine's behalf. So pretty consistent schemes uh, along the way here. Uh, the uh, aguilar Vittle scheme, a little bit more complex because you had an intermediary, two consultants, and then uh, funneling it to the uh, officials, whereas in Sergeant Marine, you had an intermediary going right to the uh, government officials. But nonetheless, uh, sham consulting agreements uh, and fake invoices, um, and these are obviously ways that, uh, you know, pretty common means by which people try to secure uh, bribery payments through uh, third parties to ultimately get to the government official. 
Anyways, a quick recap there for you on Petro uh, Ecuador and some of the cases uh, surrounding them right now. And uh, we'll keep uh, tabs on that and, and circle back if we get uh, another opportunity to sort of summarize some of these cases. Anyways, uh, all the best. Stay safe, stay healthy, and stay in touch, and we'll see you soon. Thanks again for listening to Corruption, Crime, and Compliance. Please subscribe to the podcast series. The Volkov Law Group believes that every company should have a robust ethics and compliance program. Experience and research show that ethical companies are better performers in the global marketplace. You can learn more about the legal and compliance services we offer at our website, www.volkovlaw.com. You can also follow our award-winning blog, Corruption, Crime, and Compliance, and our podcast series. You can contact Michael Volkov at his email address, mvolkov at volkovlaw.com. down See for me that her hair's hanging down. That's the way I remember her best If you go When the snowflakes fall When the rivers freeze And summer ends Please see for me If she's wearing a coat so From the howling wind If you're traveling In the north country fair Where the winds hit heavy On the borderline Please say hello To one who lives there Love of mine.